take away the world's desire when we pray. Holy Spirit, lift us higher when we pray. When we pray. When we pray. Let it not be for a season when we Wisdom and not reason when we pray. Let your name be our petition when we pray. When we pray. When we pray. 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 Lord, show us the way. Thank you. 
the church. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I come before you, Lord, recognizing that you are supreme in authority. Your power is great in the heavens and the earth, and your anger is shown against all wickedness and the evil imagination of men. Father, I boldly approach your throne yet again, this time asking for grace and mercy for your bride, the church. Your word says that judgment shall begin at the house of God. So let the church bear the greatest indictment because your invisible works are clearly seen, demonstrating your eternal power and divine nature. All men are without excuse. Yet through hypocrisy, we have given place to your enemies to blaspheme your great and holy name. Because of our perversion and deceitfulness, which brings shame to your name, they question whether we are really your children. For this cause, Lord, we are guilty and bear the greater burden. We have been weighed in the balance and been found wanting, yet we refuse to change our path. We have been deliberate in our great trespass before you, Lord, and we are not hidden from your sight. We have provoked you to anger with our foolish and unwise behavior, being spiritually blind and naked, allowing the world to see our shame. Heavenly Father, because you are a God of mercy and great compassion, we come before you in humility that you may examine our ways. We come before you, confess him, that if we humble ourselves and pray, seek your face, and turn from our wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your hands are not shortened, that they cannot save, nor your ear heavy, that it cannot hear. We stand before you, Lord, to answer the indictment that has been laid against us, and pray that through repentance our sins will be forgiven. For we have done wicked things in your sight, even rebellion against your commandments and your continued reminders and warnings. In the name of Jesus, we acknowledge our shortcomings and weaknesses, seeking to be washed in the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. For we were called to be the salt of the earth, a people that would bear witness to your name, follow your examples, live by your commandments, and set a difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Instead, our hearts have been pierced with the desires of the world, and we have adopted their ways, chasing after materialism and lust and compromising your standards. We have not sought you for who you are, but for what you can give and how much we can get. We have allowed worldliness into your church and created unholy alliances with the world, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil, while refusing to take a righteous stand. We have sought validation from the world and coveted the admiration of men who have perverted your statutes for selfish gain. We have shown them all that is in your sanctuary, giving access to thieves and robbers who now make merchandise of your sheep and a mockery of your name. We have failed to protect the innocent, neglected the cries of the poor, and watched as families are being destroyed. We have not sanctified you in the eyes of the people, becoming powerless gift chasers who adorn the things on the outside while failing to address the evil within. We have compromised your word by seeking popularity and friendship with the world, choosing to entertain the masses with our talents and gifts while watering down your word and speaking fables instead of convicting people to change. We stand idle as the innocent are snatched from the womb while we defend the guilty giving them place on your stage. We are consumed with the pursuit of wealth, while at the same time we are robbed of morality, dignity, and holiness. Through compromise and exploitation, we have lost our influence. Through sermonettes and motivational speeches, we have catered to itching ears, and through hypocrisy and double standards, our pulpits have been stripped of power and authority. 
We have even embraced the lifestyles of this world and distorted the meaning of your love instead of preaching the sovereign design and plan of God. We have lost our way, Lord, and given over to the cares of this life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, forgive us, Father, for we bombard your throne with selfish prayers while the world around us declines and decay, drifting further and further away from you. We have been mesmerized by the lust of the world and desensitized by its influences while engaging in unspeakable acts, adultery and fornication, abortions, drunkenness, promiscuity, hatred and insensitivity, drug use, blasphemies, idolatry, man lying with man, women lying with women. We defile ourselves by flooding our minds with pornography, immorality and lust and other kinds of sexual perversion. We have neglected our children and not taught them your ways, putting success and riches before love and direction. We have allowed our marriages to grow cold, harbored unforgiveness, and refused to show affection, while opening the door for the enemy to wreak havoc in our families. We have become a lukewarm church, lacking holiness and obedience to your word, even denying your name, Lord, and abandoning the cross. We have allowed false prophets to operate in the church while embracing false gods and religions. We are in a backslidden state and confess our sins before you. We were all born into this world with something to surrender, but so many of us have refused to let go, choosing to embrace our fallen nature by making excuses for sin, as opposed to trusting your word for deliverance and healing. In doing so, we have denied the power of the cross and the delivering authority of your resurrection. We go down in the water, but never come up, sinking further and further into the depth you gave your life to conquer. We have titles without meaning, performances without actors, services without substance, and buildings that are lifeless when it comes to the real power of God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we repent, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, let your anger and fury be held back and let your mercy fall upon us as we repent of our wicked deeds and turn back to you. Let us once again be the people you have chosen to show yourself strong in the earth. And through our examples and trusting your word, the world will once again look to the church for salvation and demonstration of the true power of God. Lord, please hear our cry, incline thine ear, and behold our frail state, that we may eagerly approach your throne with boldness and have confidence at your appearing. Your word says that you will never leave or forsake us, and we come to you by faith, knowing that without faith it is impossible to please you. Deliver us from the guilt of the past, and wipe away all condemnation, for through our sin we have given the enemy access to our lives, and the legal right to carry out his diabolical plan of destruction against us. But now, Lord, through repentance his rights have been revoked. In the name of Jesus, we denounce Satan and his demonic forces of evil, and his rebellion against the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, he loses all rights to torment, deceive, destroy, afflict, and manifest himself in the lives of your people. And we sever all ties, cooperation, agreement, conspiracy, and relationship with the world and the world system. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we command Satan to loose every stronghold, demonic manifestation, false belief, vice, grip, addiction, spell, and curse right now according to the word of God. We choose you, Lord, and the finished work of the cross, and want no part of Satan and the temptations of this world. I declare right now that we are loosed in your precious name. Lord, we renew our covenant and commitment to you, 
and exercise our choice to faithfully serve you with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, we make a conscious choice to turn back to you and once again follow after your statutes and commandments and pledge our undivided service and devotion to you. But we have been bought with a price and serving you is our reasonable service. So help us, Lord, to be lights in this world, ambassadors of the Most High God and instruments of righteousness, representing your will and not our own. I pray, Lord, that our hunger and thirst for you is never quenched and that you give us both to will and to do your good pleasure, that we as a church may fulfill the calling and purpose that you have spoken over our lives. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we denounce the pleasures of this world, false doctrine and all forms of spiritual adultery. We pray that you expose the synagogue of Satan operating behind church walls, every lying and deceitful spirit and demons operating as the angels of light. Let us not worship or reverence anyone or anything but the true and living God and drive out the spirit of Antichrist. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that you remove all doubts and bring revelation to every distortion of the truth and that we drive out the spirit of Jezebel that teaches fornication, lust, and idolatry that her curse, seduction, and influence be broken and bound right now in the name of Jesus and erased from the hearts and minds of your people. I ask, Lord, that the depths of Satan operating in the church be exposed and driven out in Jesus' name, that we no longer defile ourselves through the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, hating all evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. Grant us spiritual discernment that we are not deceived, let us examine the fruit of a man and not be gift chasers led astray by talents, gifts, and charisma. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that the church will once again be known for its good works, love, faith, dedication, patience, and compassion to all men. That we hate the sin but love the sinner, understanding that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Let us love according to the word of God, standing on the truth preaching the word in and out of season and making no provision for the flesh while understanding that grace is not an excuse for sin and a justification for heaven. Help us, Lord, to minister without compromise to those seeking the truth and be found without spot or wrinkle, boldly proclaiming the truth of Christ and the power of his resurrection. Let us live and reign with Christ, clothed with holiness and abiding in his presence through eternity. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I speak life into your church and come against all dead things. Let our branches bring forth fruit in their season and our roots be nourished by the waters of life. Let us be called and set apart, chosen and faithful, serving as kings and priests in your kingdom, knowing that we are in the end times, that we be not lulled to sleep by the passing of days, nor deceived by scoffers who deny your coming, but that we are watchful and that day does not overtake us as a thief in the night. We are pilgrims in the earth, and this is not our home. So we look forward to the rapture and second coming of Christ, having faith that the promises of God shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we hold fast to our belief that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by you, and that we never lose our boldness and passion for the Most High God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that we are not weary in well-doing, and that we have a desire to spend quality time in your word and in fellowship with you. That we neglect not the fellowshipping of the saints as we are one in the body of Christ and sealed by the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. That we may all faithfully walk in the calling and purpose we have been given, pressing toward the mark and high calling of Jesus Christ our Lord. 
I thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day, and that nothing we have done is in vain, but all things are accounted to our heavenly account that we may be rich towards God. Lord, let us run this race with patience, looking unto you who has endured the cross and despised the shame for the joy that was set before you, that our names be confessed before the Father and written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray, Lord, that we are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the love of God, that we may receive a crown of life promised to those who endure unto the end. Now unto God, who knows the beginning from the end, who is our shield in time of trouble, and who causes us to endure the fiery furnaces of life, we give you honor and praise. We proclaim and ascribe greatness to your name, for your deeds are perfect and all that you do is just and fair. You own the cattle on a thousand hills and cause darkness to flee in the presence of light. I pray, Lord, that we demonstrate our gratitude for all that you have done by keeping your commandments. For your word says, Obedience is better than sacrifice, and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Let your word be a light unto our path, revelation in darkness, and our blueprint for all matters pertaining to this life and the one thereafter. It is through you, Heavenly Father, and the power of your might, that one could chase a thousand and two could put ten thousand to flight. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. These things I ask and pray and affirm in Jesus' great and holy name. Amen. 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 Good evening and welcome. Thank you for coming back to enjoy us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing End Time Bible Study. And we're going to be talking about the Word, the foundation basis of revival. Revival. Oh, I like that. I like that. Revival. Exactly. You, revival means renewed interest in God and the desire to improve one's spiritual life. Mm. So I just want to give you just life. a definition of what revival is. So we're going to go into Old Testament, Psalm 119, verse 154. Psalm 119, verse 154 says, Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me and give me life according to your word. According to your That's word. right, according to your word. So, you know, serious Bible study led to past revival movements. We believe that revival will happen again in the same way in the last days. The Holy Spirit will touch upon the hearts of faithful Christians who have discovered Bible truth. Now, is that upon faithful who? Faithful believers, Christian believers who have discovered Bible truth, and they will be determined to preach the truth to the world. You know, these Christians have found grace, strength, hope in His Word, which is the Bible. That's right. That's they have right. come to understand the love and beauty of Christ and His Word, so God will honor their faithful work by pouring out. His Holy Spirit, and the whole world will be lit up with the glory of the three angels' message. The Holy Spirit will be will be poured out without limit, and the gospel will be carried all over the world. 
We can look at that in Matthew 24:14. Matthew 24 and 14. And just like he said in this good news of the kingdom, which is the gospel, we preach throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then will the end come. I don't have to go no certain place, right? I it be preached all over the world. It be preached all over the world. I won't have to go and to, then yeah, no. I won't have to go to no certain place. Revival. Okay. Just like we said, we already talked more about all it. over the world. And then I mean, all over the world. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be meet no certain place to hear this gospel. See, you wanna catch no bus or train. And you say where you're at, I'll guarantee you, you will hear this gospel. Well, we're also going to learn how the Bible can spark revival. We will learn how God's word can make a life-changing difference in us if we surrender ourselves in faith and obey its truth and principles. Mm. Just read the Bible. The word oh, Lord, have I, is did a you transforming hear that? power did you hear by that? itself. Did you hear that? Just, right. just reading your Bible. Studying that word. And studying that word. It's important. It, it can it can change your life. Being obedient. Being obedient to God's commandment and reading his word can do it itself. Huh? Wow. So Revive, inspired to be changed through the word. So first we're going to look up one nine, Psalm 119, verse 25. Psalm 119. And verse 25. And 25, okay. My earthly life cleaves to dust. Revive, there we go again, and stimulate me up. According to your word, like we read. Let's go to 107 and 119. Okay, 107. All right. 107 said, I am sorely afflicted. Renew and quicken me. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. According to what? Your word. According to the word. Let me tell you. What Everything this word according will, to the word. What the word will do itself. See what I'm saying? And if you just dig into God's word, read it, get your accordion, a dictionary, or words that you, they, you can't understand, don't know what they mean, and get into God's word and let it, it change you. That's right. Itself, it can change you. You don't, you don't have to have a, a, a whole world of people, a whole building of people. God's word can change it. That's right. Let's go to, stay in 119, and we're going to go to verse 153 and 154. Okay, 53 and 54. All right, we're here. Consider my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me, revive me, and give me life according to 
Your word. Again. The word. Do you hear it? Again. Everything yeah. is according uh, to his the, word. There's power in and that word. word. There's power in that word. According to his word. There's power in that word. The plea is revived and the cause is your word. Your word. Let me tell you, revive them and the word of God can change you. There's power in power the word, in the of, word God. of God. There's power in that word of God. Amen. Amen. Let's um, read. We're in 119. Let's go to verse 50 and 119. 50 and, okay, there we go. Walk to 50. 50 and 119. All right. And 50 says, This is my comfort and consolation in my affliction that your word has revived me and given me. Life again, the word, power, word giving me life. The word giving me life. We're talking about power mm -hmm. in God's word, giving life to you. Life. Now let me tell you, and that word is that power to give you life. I can sit here in my living room. Exactly, because you know David talks about the blessings of God's word in his own spiritual life. So that was one. Let's look in 119. Let's go to 74. 74. Okay. Those who reverently and worshipfully fear you will see me and be glad because I have hoped in your word and tear for it. Amen. Again. See how popular we're talking about just the word. The just word. reading the word. Just, just think, just reading his word, how much power the word have in it. If you just read his word, I mean, just sit down and read that word. Read that word. Just read power that word. There's power in the word. Power in God's word. That's how much cool. it can change your life if you just stay in that word. And keep studying. And keep studying. And dig, let it transform you. Dig deep. Deep into that word. That's right. How much power it is. You ain't got to go nowhere. The Holy Spirit right there in that word. You read it and stay in it. Then deep search. And the Holy Spirit will come into you. It will give you understanding. That's right. Let's go to verse 116. 116. Oh, God. We're yes. still in 119. We're going to verse 116. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. I'm waiting. Okay. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live and let me not be put to shame in my hope. Whoa. There it is. There's hope. That's Still, right. there's hope. Hope. There's hope. In, in Jesus hope. Christ himself. His hope in his word. praise and blessing. Right. And there's hope in his word. There's life in his word. I mean, God, God's word is powerful. And Amen. it's powerful. It is. I mean, it, just read it. and bring you life, guidance. It'll give you hope. It'll give you peace. It'll be understanding, wisdom. Let me tell you that it, it, it's everything that you need. If you don't have it, go to God's Word. You'll find it. You'll find it. Let's go to verse 130. 130. Oh, okay. The entrance 
and unfolding of your words give light. Their unfolding gives understanding, discernment, and comprehension to the simple. Mm. Mm. This is his word. That's what his word does. I'm telling you. See, David finds courage and strength in God's word. He discovers hope and wisdom in God's word. Oh, right. It brings yeah. light to huh? David's darkened mind. Right. In God's word. In God's word. Let me tell you what. It feeds his starving heart and satisfies his thirsty soul. You can't get to know Jesus but through his word. Through his word. I mean, if you want to know what Jesus wants for your life, you do what? The Read word. his word. The word. You'll know who God is. You'll know who the Father is. You'll know about the what? What you said, the Holy Spirit. That's right. You'll know about the Holy Spirit. You'll learn about the Holy Spirit in his word. In his word. You know, when uh, Saul plans to kill David, David holds on to God's promises of rescuing him. Let's look at Psalm 34 30. and verse 4. Okay, Psalm 34. And verse 4. Okay, 34 and verse 4. All right. I sought the Lord and required him of necessity and on the authority of his Word. Word. And he healed me and delivered me from all my fears. Right. So, filled with guilt after his sin with Bathsheba, David holds on to God's promises of forgiving him. Let's look at that in Psalm 32, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 32. Verse 1 and 2. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is he who has forgiveness of his transgressions continually exercised upon him whose sin is covered. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. All right. Amen. So there's no guilt. Amen. Because he has asked for forgiveness, and what Christ did, he forgives yes. us. Yes, right. He asked for it, and God came to him. That's right. So who are we not to forgive? Mm. If God can, why can't we? That's right. Who are we? So I, I, can't, I can't forgive her. I can't forgive him. Well, if God can, you're nobody to forgive. He forgave you. That's right. And even if you puzzle about the future, David holds on to God's promise in Psalm 32. Let's go to verse 8. Okay. Okay, verse 8. The Lord will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Upon mm. you. What can we say? The word. That's all I can say. The word is life. The word is life. The, Lord, the word gives you strength, courage, everything you need for this life and the life to come. 
He said, drink of this water and, and never, never thirst, thirst again. again. Never thirst again. Drink of this water. So David shows us that the foundation, the beginning of revival is all about finding new life in God's Word. In God's Word. That's and, revival. And you find new life in God's Word by reading it. You see, every time you read God's Word, right. you find Standing something you didn't know before. You learn something you didn't know before. That's can, the truth. You can read something. You can read something today. Read a verse today. Read a chapter today. Go back next week and read it again. It's oh, I missed I miss that. that. Why come I miss that last week? Mm -hmm. Because it's something new for you to learn. Or every time you read it. Every time there's treasure in the Word of God. Amen. Amen to that. So Hebrews, let's go into Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. All right, Hebrews. Let's see, let me get you this. You know, here. God's Word is creative power. So Hebrews chapter 4, and verse 12. Okay. For the Word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active. Operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, which is the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of the joints and marrow of the deepest part of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purpose of the heart. Wow. Mm. Now mm. that is power in his word. That's power. Power in the word. Now if there's power in the word, mm. and that's just God's word, think about the power that our almighty God has himself. When he pour upon the Holy Spirit oh, upon all flesh. The Holy Spirit upon all flesh. But we got to be on one accord to receive it. Oh, yeah. We must be on one accord. He said, what, one, two, or more, join together in my name. He's in the midst. That's up on the, on the same. And it's not spontaneous. All so right. the birth says that God's word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So going deep inside us, how is God's word alive? And what does that mean? Well, let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 and 2. Okay. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Sorry about that. Not 2 and 3, but verse 3. Okay. By faith, we understand that the world's during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Mm, that's right. Remember that. Yes. It's his word that framed the world. They created everything. Everything. You, me. From nothing. From nothing. God spoke it. There it was. There it was. 
God spoke it and there was. And his word is what's keeping the moon, the sunshine, the stars, and everything doing what it's supposed to do. To do. Now, you know what? That's power. That's power. That's power. No man, no man had such power. And you know what? He knows just how far the sun is supposed to be from human to keep us from being burned up. Amen. The moon comes up when it's supposed to come up. The stars light up. God, Long that's so powerful. Following God. God's command. That's, that's right. powerful. That's Let's powerful. look in Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. 65. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof, and conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, in purpose, and action. Let's read 17 too. So that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good, every good work. work. Every good work. So it's only through him that we can do anything good. Right. You think about it. We're, we're nothing good about us. Nothing. But through God. Only through him. Only through God we can do anything good. You know, and that is... Yeah, but that's true. a good God, though. That he, he can let us do good through him. Amen. Through all the bad, through all the evil. he said, ain't nothing good in us. No. Praise Thank God you. God for his mercy and his grace. You know, there is value in wise human advice. We have all been helped by the advice of others. The problem is... The human counsel or advice is not powerful enough to make the kind of change in the way that God's word came. Through God's word is powerful. We just got through talking about a few minutes ago how powerful God's word was. His word. And how powerful God's word is. That's where the power comes from, through his word. When God speaks to you, to somebody, it's his word that's the change. Word power. That change. If you ever notice when somebody is speaking through their own uh, of their own words, they're very weak. It doesn't true. do anything. But when God uses you mm. and speaks through you to someone, it penetrates. It penetrates. See, God's word is a living and powerful bringer of change. The same power. That was in God's spoken word at creation is in the written word, the Bible of God. So in creation, all the worlds were framed by God. I tell you and how, that's the same way he's doing transforming our life each how, and every day. How powerful God's word. The men that laid by the pool for mm. how many years? 38 years. God's word. To pick up your bed and walk. And he had that much faith, and he did it. All right. By faith. That's right. Wow. That's what I'm saying. That's how powerful God's word is. 
Just that powerful. Just like what you just said. When we accept God's commands and promises by faith. By faith. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit to do what Christ commands. All right. All right. To do what he commands. That's what he asked us. Accept it by faith. By faith. I mean, you, you can't do anything with God if you Without have no faith. faith. He said you can do nothing for me if you have no faith. Because you got to remember, God gave us as much faith as a mustard seed. Now, if he gave you that much, you ought to let it grow from that. He loved you enough to do that much faith. You you need to let it grow from there on. Amen. Before we go on to more of the word, the foundation faces of revival, we're going to take a break and play a song, come back with more. We want you to keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in Time Bible Studies. A change, a change has come over me. He changed my life. And now I'm free. Jermaine is coming at this time.
tell you. Amen. Oh, what a wonderful change. And that's what the word will do for you. A oh. change should come over you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That's what the word will do. It will bring a... A change. Bible change, a wonderful change, a change that will come over you. I was just talking to someone about change. Change, the fruits of God. That's right. Will bring those a change. As you grow in as Christ. As you grow in Christ, you will see those fruits. They will change. Amen. Oh, you will wow. let go of the fruits of Satan and pick up the fruits of Jesus, and people will see the change in you. Amen. 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 So if you just joined us, you're listening to LBJ 64, where Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in Time Bible Study, and we're talking about the Word, the foundation basis of revival. Revival. So we're going to go to Psalm 33 and verse 6. Psalm 33 and verse 6 says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made in all their hosts by the breath of his mouth. By the breath of his mouth. I'm telling you, amen to that. Look at verse Praise 9. Lord. Verse 9, okay. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood, stood fast. fast. Amen, and it stood fast. So His word, let me tell he you, spoke. he spoke, and it was done. His so commandment, that and it I'm telling you, God's word, let me tell you. It's powerful. It's powerful. You know, the creative energy that called the worlds into life is in the word of God. This word gives power. It creates life. Every command is a promise that a person accepts and receives into his or her soul. It brings with it the life of God. It changes the nature, which is who someone is. That's the nature. Amen. And it recreates the soul in the image of God. So a light reading of God's word does not always lead to spiritual revival. But studying the Bible so that we can prove our own positions or point out someone's mistakes does very little or good for our own spiritual lives. All right, amen. Change happens when we prayerfully read God's word and ask the Holy Spirit to give us the power to be who. More like Jesus. Jesus. Amen. A ask the Holy Spirit. Do you hear me? We must ask for the Holy Spirit. So real change happens when we ask God to recreate us in his image. All right. So change happens when Jesus' teachings in the Bible becomes part of our lives. And change happens when we live on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. Matthew 4, 4. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Think about it. Well, you know, we study the word, not for nobody else. The word is supposed to transform our lives. Our life. My life, not my wife, 
for my life. It's, my a, life. it's for an individual thing. Individual. It's an individual thing. Change my life. Not my, my next door neighbor, not my wife, not yours, but my life. That's why you tell us it's for me. to study. It's for me, yeah. It's for me. It's for me, it's for you. When you decide you want to take that word and study it and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, right? you will start seeing some changes. In me. In you. In me. That's right. That's right, that's right. That's what it's for. It's just it's a one on one. God is good all the time because He lacks a one on one relationship. He loves it, and He wants to have one with Him a one on one relationship. Personal. He lacks that. He loves it. He loves that. Yes, He does. So let's go in John chapter five and verse thirty nine. Okay, let's get, I got, got it, let's go. You search and investigate and pour over the scriptures diligently because you suppose and trust that you have eternal life through them. And these very scriptures testify about me. Mm. So the word of God gives witness to Jesus. The Holy Spirit also gives witness to Jesus. So the Spirit leads us to a deeper experience with Jesus through His Word. The purpose of the Holy Spirit in revival is not to show Himself through wonderful signs. His purpose is to glorify, give praise to Jesus through His Word. And He keeps saying that. Through His Word, through we have word. to understand to get a relationship with Jesus, you, you have got to read. We have got to get in that word. You cannot build a relationship with Jesus no other way. And also yeah. he's saying receiving the Holy Spirit is not about our power to do great miracles. It is about God's power to change our lives. All right. right. And that is why we need to have revival and Reformation. Right. We can't be so strung out on the power that I've got. I can do this. Right? God gave me this. God told me this. God, anything about that. It's about changing your life, your heart, your mind. Not just revival, reformation. I gave you the meaning of revival. Now I'm getting ready to give you the meaning of reformation. There you go. I'm going to hear Give it to me. Reformation is a change for the better in beliefs, practices, lifestyle, habits, and actions. That's why you, you got to have revival and reformation because it changes you for the better in your lifestyle, your habits, actions, and practices. Whoa. That is, that's and your beliefs. Hey, brothers and sisters, you got to have them both. Yes. One won't work without the other. Exactly. That's why you said the Word of God gives the foundation, which is the basis for all true revival. Our experience flows out of an understanding, there you go, of God's Word. Our praise and worship come from minds filled with the word. Oh, right. A changed life is the greatest testimony of true revival. All right. 
All right, that's how I feel. We have to study the Word. We need to stay in God's Word. That's the most important thing. See, everything else come after that. See, exactly. God's Word is first. God said, put me first. And he means for reading the Word and everything else. Everything else come after learning that Word, getting to know God, building a relationship with God, reading his Word, and then all this other comes afterwards. It's like you said, a positive feeling of praise may come with revival. That feels good, but they are never the basic reason for a revival. All right. I so like any that. revival that comes only from feelings or experience will never be deep with enough. It we'll may even enough. deceive or trick people. It fools people into thinking that they are more spiritual and godly than they really are. Oh, no, you didn't say that. Say that again. Not that, just the feeling. It's not yeah. just the feeling. It's not just the feeling, brothers and sisters. It's not just the feeling. It'll, that's the or devil. just an experience. Right. That's the devil fooling you. If you, if you have a revival on just feeling and experience, and experience not that's not enough. That's not enough. See, the revival has to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. It is an experience that lasts. It is an experience that makes a difference in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. That's right. I mean, you have to have a life that represents God. You have to live a life that represents God. You have to walk a life that represents God. See what I'm saying? You, Things that you speak have to represent God. Yeah. You have to see that's then you got a true revival. Everybody that gets together in a big crowd and holler, we having a what? A revival. It's not a revival. You see, you have to walk that kind of life every day as a Christian and speak it, live it. That's right. And then you can get together and have a revival in God's name. That's right. And now you having a revival. You see, because having a revival is just like going to a church that don't represent God. Going to church, and everybody in the church smoke pot. Yeah. And they say, I'm God's child. We got to get it right, brother. We just can't jump out there and everything because it says it's about Jesus. That's right. We Every, don't, we, uh -huh. okay. Go ahead. Go Everybody finish. that goes to a revival may have a pocket full of pot. Yeah. Or, or cocaine. We can't say because everybody said God, God know them. That's right. We, we won't look at how it starts, though. Okay. We won't look okay. how, go ahead. I'm going to go ahead. You know, you're good to me. We don't look at okay. how it starts how the revival can start. We're going to look in Luke 24. Luke 24. Let me get more Luke here Luke now. Luke 24, and we're going to start at verse 13. 24, okay. All right. 13? Luke 24, starting at verse 13. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. And behold, that very day, two of the disciples were going to a village called Emmaus. Emmaus which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. 
and they were talking with each other about all these things that had occurred. And while they were conversing and discussing together, Jesus himself called up with them and was already accompanying them. But their eyes were held so that they did not recognize him. And he said to them, What is this discussion that you are exchanging, throwing back and forth between yourselves as you walk along? And they stood still looking sad and downcast. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Did you alone dwell as a stranger in Jerusalem and not know the things that have occurred there in these days? And he said to them, What kind of things? And they said to him about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in work and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers gave him up to be sentenced to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who would redeem and set Israel free. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things occurred. And moreover, some women of our company astounded us and drove us out of our senses, and they were at the tomb early in the morning, but did not find his body, and they returned, saying they, that they had even seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. So some of those who were with us went to the tomb, and they found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And Jesus said to them, O foolish ones, sluggish in mind, dull of perception, and slow of heart to believe, adhere to and trust in and rely on everything that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary and essential fitting that Christ, the Messiah, should suffer all these things before entering into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses, throughout all the prophets, he went on explaining and interpreting them to them in all the scriptures the things concerning and referring to himself. Then they drew near the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he could, he would go further. But they urged and insisted, saying to him, Remain with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And it occurred that as he reclined at table with them, he took a loaf of bread and praised God and gave thanks, asked a blessing, and then broke it and was given it to them. When their eyes were instantly opened and they clearly recognized him and he, van he vanished and departed. And they said to one another, Were not our hearts greatly moved and burning within us, within us while he was talking with us on the road as he opened and explained to us the scriptures? Amen. So it shows how the Bible has a part in starting the true revival with those two disciples. That was scripture reading. So Jesus, it's like we just read, these followers of Christ are filled with confusion. So slowly but clearly Jesus explained to them what was said about himself all the, in all the scriptures. So he reminds them of the Old Testament prophecies, which is the message from God about the Messiah. 
So Jesus have done a miracle to prove himself, or he could have shown the scars on his hands. He does not. Instead, he gives them a Bible study. Well, that's what I'm saying. Amen to that. Amen. He gave them Bible, Bible study. study. He could have just showed his hand, but yeah, he didn't. Right. He gave them Bible study. That's, that's, that's real. That Check that. That is real. So look at how the disciples acted when they wondered about what happened that day. They said to each other, he talked with us on the road. He opened the scripture, which is the Bible, to us. Weren't we not our hearts burning inside of us during that time? And that's an example of true revival. That's an example of true revival. Because you know. of the scriptures, the, the word, the scriptures which has power. Right, the word was given, so there was power uh, in that. There was power. There was God was in, among them. The word was given. The whole. And then they understood and they right. recognized. There wow. you go. That's there it is. There Let's go. go to Luke chapter eighteen eight. Okay. Revival, Luke, faith, and the word. Luke 18.8. Okay. I'll tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So, speaking of the time just before his return, Jesus said, but when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth among his people? Clearly not many people will have faith in the last days. So how might we explain Bible faith? Is faith believing that God will give us anything we want? Well, does faith depend on our desires? Is faith about asking God for what we want and believing we will receive it if we believe hard enough? <laughs> That's not faith. We should know the answer to those questions. True faith is always focused and never forgets God's will. That's right. Whatever God's will is, we know it'll be done. It'll be done. Amen. Whatever God's will. It is not based on our on our wishes. It means trusting in God. It means believing in His promise. It means acting on his word. Our faith grows as we listen to God's word and put it into practice. Follow it. Be obedient to it. Yeah, because God don't want us to think that we have faith in him because of what he can do for us, what he can give us. He don't want us to have faith in that. That's why some of us get healed and some of us don't. Because he know the ones he if he would heal them they would only obey him because they he he would heal them. Right. That's that he don't want us doing that. He don't want us doing because of what we know he could do for us. Trust he want us believe have, in his promise. Right. He want us to have faith and obey because we love him. Amen. There's so many of us will do for God because well if I do I, I know he'll heal me. If I do, he'll give me 50000 If I do, I know he'll give me a brand new house. No. Those are the ones that may not never get healed, may not never get rid of that cancer, 
may not never get a good heart and have a bad heart until you die, may not never have a one love. God knows your motive. Also, we got to remember this. Sometimes God don't heal us, but he also used that sickness for his glory. Amen to that. So remember that, with that too. Yeah. That yeah. he will use that sickness or whatever you're going through to give him glory. Because what you do is you trust him. You trust the Lord no matter whether he healed you or not. Well, yeah. Oh, Paul and did that's that. faith. Paul did that. Paul did that. He didn't probably he didn't remove the thorn out of Paul. The but three Paul, Hebrew brothers three, did the same yeah, thing. They did the same thing. Well, Lord, I know you can, but if and you don't, no, we'll still, amen. We'll still trust you. We we'll still trust you. Oh, Paul's still trusting. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So sometimes he leave the thorn so others can see that the ones that still love him and trust them, even though they have their problems. Also, he can strengthen you also in your sickness. He can give you what you need in any sickness that you have to do his work. I've his seen work. people do it. Do you know, even in your sickness, even in your illness, if you show your strength, the world, the people in the world will know that there's got to be a God. Brother Thomas got Cancel and he still bleed and he still trust and right. he still love. Man, I got to know this God that Brother Thomas believe in. Because if he can still believe that strong and he's sick with cancer, sick who with am lungs, I not to believe? Who am I not to believe? Let's go in Romans chapter 10. Okay, Romans We get a short of time in Romans oh, chapter 10 you know, and verse 17. I get to. Uh, I know. Romans 10. <laughs> yeah, verse 17. All right. Romans 10, chapter 17 says, So faith comes by hearing what is told, and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ. So... Again, faith comes by hearing the word and hearing by the word of God. So opening our minds to the teachings of God's word builds faith. And faith is doing what God says even if we do not like it. That's right. Amen. So this prepares us to receive the fullness that's of the Spirit's power. Amen. There you go. Amen. And that's when you get your revival, the faith. All of us on the foundation of God's word. That's right. We got to remember that, that. We got to remember that, that it's so good. That it's so true. So we just want to thank you for joining us tonight right here on LPJ 64 where we talked about the word, the foundation, the basis of revival. God's word is the foundation of Revival. Yes, it is. That is. There's no other reason to have a revival. And we then talk about the Word of God. So revival must be rooted in the Bible to make a difference in our lives. That's right. That's what revival is all about, is to tell the Word of God that will change our hearts and minds. Because, like you said, the Word, revive us again, Lord. Right, revive us again. So, 
Without the word, there is no revival. So we thank you for joining us. We're going to play a song. Come back with closing comments, prayer, and our email address. Keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweeping in Time Bible Study.
for joining us tonight. Our closing comment tonight is Christ and his followers. The last great trick will soon be shown to us. The Antichrist will do his wonderful works in our sight. These false works will look so true that it will be impossible to tell the difference between them except by the Holy Bible. Every sermon and every miracle must be tested by their testimony. Remember that. Amen. Amen. So now we have prayer. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing, and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life, and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, Renew our minds and saturate them in your word, that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else, while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. 
Have a wonderful and blessed week. And remember, if you need prayer or you have a Bible question, you can email us at robtgina50 at gmail.com. Also, we come on Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And you can also catch us on Facebook, Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, SoundCloud, and more. And more. We're on most of the podcasts. So you can read, you can go on there and type us in, End Time Bible Study, you'll find us. And it's recording, so you can go back and re-listen to yeah, it. Yeah, you can listen to it when I, much you want to. So uh, join us wherever. We're all over. You'll find it uh, in time you like. So. so we just want to thank you so much for joining us, and have a wonderful and blessed week. Good night. And bless night.